Well, every year we get to see a lot of things. We travel to Africa, meet with scientists. We see a lot of things uh, that are going very well, uh, things like reducing childhood death and uh, improving the nutrition. So for a minute there, it almost sounded like he said produce childhood deaths. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you wore shack. Horsemen force men and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it home, just that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politics and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. It's a beautiful thing, too. Uh. Welcome back to episode 40 of The Underground, where we are marking our dog safe from Dr. Fauci. <laughs> Joseph, how are you doing today? I'm well. How are you, sir? Good. <laughs> I hear you, man. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, all of our dogs are marked safe from Fauci and monkeys too. Dude, that uh, that picture James James Lindsay put out with his dog with a knife in his mouth, <laughs> that killed me. Oh man, <laughs> he's always the... Peta, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Not no on kidding. that post, but on this stuff with Fauci. The stuff, uh, yeah. Well, we'll we'll get into it, but obviously the stuff that we were talking about two months ago. Oh yeah, isn't right it, on... isn't it funny that you and me, these dumb thirty year olds. <laughs> Post about this. I know we've been on, on episode this... twenty six. By yes. the way, if, if anybody wants to check it out, episode twenty six, we posted about Fauci, the Fauci led agency. That um, well, in our show notes, you'll find the link. And mm-hmm. then we spoke about how the Fauci led agency uh, is torturing dogs and monkeys. Yes, so. and we'll be talking a little bit more about that um, in a second. But first. We, uh, you sent me a, a clip. This has been going around recently. Um, oh, actually, yeah, I was <laughs> I'm about getting to say, a, you I'm get getting ahead. ahead. I'm getting ahead. I'm getting yeah. ahead. Um, why don't you go ahead and uh, shill for us real quick, and then we'll continue. All right, continue guys. On. Well, if uh, you've been li- listening to us this far and you like us, thank you. If you don't like us, thank you for continuing listening anyway. But if you do like us, don't like us, whatever your feelings are, the best way that you can support us, if you want to support us, is two things. Number one, sharing our podcast on social media. Wherever you have an account, sharing it uh, will be greatly beneficial for us. Number two, downloading our episodes. Um, other ways that you can support us here is we use a value-for-value value model system here. And basically what that means is uh, you can donate to us in the form of your time, your talent, and your treasure. Uh, and we have, if you click our show notes, you'll see our PayPal donation link. You can donate to us uh, with your monetary uh, forms of payment. And then what am I trying to say here? And then we have, <laughs> uh, I think, crypto set up through PayPal as well. Uh, but if sure. it's not, just... Uh, <laughs> Let us know that you want to donate to us with crypto, and we will gladly figure that out. Yeah, uh, I have an I, ways- I have an idea. I, I I've had a couple ideas rolling around in my head. I just don't really know which one's going to be the best best way to go. The best way to go. Yeah. Well, let me cough real fast. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yep. Yeah. No. No dead um, air here. 
Uh, so anyway, so yeah, you can donate to us in the form of your treasure. You can donate for to us in the form of your time and your talent. Talent being what we mention every week. If you want to do art, audio editing, video editing, uh, your time being if you want to uh, send us any videos or news stories that you find interesting. If we also think that they're interesting, we'll make it onto our podcast and we'll credit you with that. So any any way that you can think of that you have t- time or talent, you can donate to us. Uh, you know, interact with us, follow us on YouTube and Odyssey. You'll see those links in the show notes. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter uh, as well. And you know like subscribe hit the notification bell when you come across our channel and just interact with us you know the engagement we enjoy you'll also find our email list in the show notes as well and you can reach out to us any questions you have if there's anything that you think that we're wrong on and you want to point out and help us that'd be great because we're not above admitting when we're wrong but yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much it don't forget to if you do support us and like us and you want to help us grow share our podcast and then also download the episodes. Yes, absolutely. All right. You ready to get into this? I'm ready. Are you as tired of uh, COVID as I am? <laughs> I'm tired of it. Bro. I am tired of it. It's crazy. The I was thinking this past week, everybody freaking out about Kyrie Irving and him not Taking, getting the holy poke. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I remember, I'm young enough to remember Michael Jordan played a full game while having the flu. Yeah. Um, and other players have also played with the flu. Uh, Magic Johnson played with AIDS. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so. Back when they thought that was like the most transmissible thing ever. Yeah, right. You know. So. Uh, yeah. I it, it It's weird. It, and it sounds weird to say, but like I'm kind of ready for it to just be kind of just normalized. Right. Where we're not all dropping everything for 14 days for a cough. You know what I mean? Like, and, and this part of the conversation, it's funny needs to be had because it seems like the pendulum swung in that direction of, and like this clip that we're about to play where it's just like, things have started going too far to the point where it's like, this is just annoying. Yep. And Um, ridiculous. Yeah. The clowns are coming out and I say clowns and the people who are just more about authority and power and could just care less about you. As long as they get their money and they have power, they're good. Yeah. Um, I I just, it's like, oh, so, you know, some someone didn't like have any symptoms and they didn't quarantine for exactly 14 days or they didn't. And it's just getting to the point. It's like half the, I mean, obviously the this is not the correct number, but it's like all of these um, breakthrough cases are happening because of the holy, po- even though people got the poke, right? Holy poke. Right. And the, the the double holy pope, yeah, which made from it, their cathedral. I mean, they went to the cathedral and got it from the the holy ministers themselves. Some of them went through drive through cathedrals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I just I've been thinking about it a lot because it it I've noticed still, and even if it's like a breakthrough case with someone, people are following the exact same protocols that we were over a year ago. Right. And I'm just, I was, I've just been thinking about this stuff, right? It's, it's not like I'm, I'm trying to say this is correct or this isn't correct, but if we were supposed to be progressing, right. Or we're supposed to be moving in a positive direction. 
mm-hmm. and the poke and all these other things were supposed to be helping with that, but we're still following the same protocols from a year ago. Like none of that stuff existed and we were still at the, the height of this when even more people were freaking out and before everyone started kind of like waking up to a lot of the garbage that was going on. Right. And I'm just like, Iowa for months now because i think we i think we talked about this uh, a while back they've considered it endemic so they're just like we're just gonna live with this yep it is what it is pretty much how it's been here in my state too yeah it's like try your best to avoid as much contact as possible if you if you think you have it but for the most part it's like let's just go about our life like a lot of people care let's go about our lives you're right there but a lot of people care about others you know it's it's not just coming in contact with COVID, right? If you come in contact with anything and you know, like if there's someone that, you know, who's had the flu and you're around them when they were contagious, you know, it's probably best, you know, stay a few days home for work. You know, if you can, if your job allows you to do that, um, you know, just be considerate when and where you can. I mean, I've done it, you know, a bunch of people have done that, uh, not just with COVID, but with other things. And so, you know, it's just common courtesy, caring about people and, and going about your life like that. I mean, you know, you're going to get sick. There's nothing. If you want to take the vaccine, there's, I mean, I'm sorry. If you want the holy poke, excuse me, <laughs> edit that part out. If you want the holy poke, uh, well, then, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Get it. Right. You well, know, whatever you want to do. I, the discussion as far as I'm concerned is like past that. I think yeah. generally everyone who's decided what they wanted to do has made that decision. Yep. Um, and <clears throat> it, we're just at this place now where I'm like, I don't want to talk about this every time I get together with a group of people, right? Yes. Like, obviously, I don't mind talking about it on here. This is like kind of where you and I discuss these things. We're trying to kind mm-hmm. of work through this and we want to be a voice um, that... I don't want to say contradicts a lot of what's like kind of mainstream, but we're at least trying to push back on a lot of the stuff we either see yeah. as being unfair or unreasonable that it doesn't seem like most people are talking about. Um, so we, that's kind of one of the like things that we try to do on here is be a platform for that and break down a lot of this media garbage. But I, I'm just, it, it's just like, Oh, it's like, cause some of this stuff has come up in my life again recently. And I'm just like, Oh, we're still, this is still the same thing, right? We're still yeah. just, moving on this specific stuff it's like no one has anything new or has has had no new like outlook on anything we're just kind of still like fumbling around in the dark figuring the things out thing. yeah and it's like it, it's obviously it's frustrating it's just eh. i think one of the things we've said from the beginning is that it's odd that one of the things that wasn't pushed with the recommendation for the holy poke is to hey okay you know we need to eat better we need to increase vitamin d you know we've we've noticed this and this we we may not have it all figured out but this is what we're noticing and you know we need we do need to like yes socially distance if they still want to say all that right but also you need to get outside and exercise and make sure you're living a healthy lifestyle as well as a preventative and to also increase your immunity in case you get it but instead the messaging the agenda was if you get the holy poke you'll be fine and you know kind of what we're starting to see uh more and more now is that that's not the case right and so uh but what's it's really what's really saddening is and what people need to pay attention to is that the the pope 
himself, Dr. Fauci, uh, <laughs> has labeled, and also the other others in his medical administration uh, have, I'm sorry, his cathedral um, <laughs> has labeled the holy country of Australia as the gold standard um, for COVID protocols. Mm. So, I mean, um, for chocolate cake protocol. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into this first clip. Okay. Uh, this is real quick, just 10 seconds. Uh, and this is sort of what's going down in Australia right now uh, if you just want to be a normal citizen. Plus, myself included, I work out. you just morning, I'll check if there's actually anything in that. Oh, yeah. There's there a in there. Enjoy yeah, your coffee. Thank you. Yeah, Jesus day. loves you all. We'll God bless. I'll be praying for you all. All my recommendations popped up right there. <laughs> my, now everybody uh, gets to see your recommendations. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is like totally jacked up. I don't know what happened right there. Um, we're good oh, on man. on the. Why is podcast one of your recommendations? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Research. <laughs> oh, Joseph Stalin. Now. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, basically for those who are listening video audio, what happened is the Gestapo in uh, Australia stopped a uh, citizen who had his mask lowered um, oh, to, to right. drink his coffee and uh, they grabbed, he's like, or they said, hey, will you please give me the the coffee cup so I can check and make sure there's coffee in it. and then he handed it to him and he shook it. he's like yeah there's coffee in it okay and it's just like you can't like that cop cares that much about it it's like it's nothing that we have to delve you know too deep into right but it's just absolutely ridiculous you know what I mean yes um well we've talked about them enough I mean yeah, yeah. they've become the the, the question in the the show notes that you put was uh what was it uh is the gestapo in australia and i mean we know the answer to that it's yes i mean it's been there i mean we did a couple weeks ago we did a whole thing about their um oh, excuse me about uh all the other things that they've been doing yep uh it, with these protests or like they banned protests people protested anyway um they're like freaking out about people going to the beach uh you're not having your mask on at the beach yeah i lost my mouse cursor um yeah just it's like i don't know vaccine passports texting you uh for your geolocation you have yeah. to respond within five minutes of your geolocation i mean we can go on and on here the point being is that it's ex an extreme invasion of your privacy and it's really no different than china's social credit system mm -hmm. and where it's gearing that way to where you know, it's this isn't just about your health. It's about, you know, the, the question is, is what's next? What are they going to use it for next? So I think that's important to consider. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so on the continuing trend of um, bad people, that's a, a word for it, I guess. Um, I got to be honest, this next one, like, it still pisses me off like a lot. Yeah. Um, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was. Uh, I no. I want to hear what you had to say. 
Okay, so as David mentioned at the top of the show, we have already talked about this on episode 26. Um, if you hear a dirt bike in the background, I'm sorry. It. It's, it's okay. You can hear it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> it's fine. Man, freaking annoying. <laughs> this kid. Every night. I can't blame him. He's a kid, you know? But it's not just him. It looks like his parents, too. I just want it. I just want to be like, guys, it's 36 degrees outside. <laughs> Why are you riding anything? You got everything. We are filming. <laughs> <laughs> This is a. Have you ever seen? Have you ever? We're totally off on this. Have you ever seen the video of the protesters in the library and the kid? uh, He goes, "Excuse me." He's like Asian. He goes, "He goes, excuse me, excuse me." This is a library. (laughs) So good. Oh man, what's what's terrible or what sucks about the situation is that you know. So we have a field right here in front of us, right? Mm. But there's also a field on the far end where they come from, where they could ride. Oh, but for whatever oh. reason, they ride over here all day. Um, Goodness. So it's like, and it's, you know, we were hoping that uh, the cold weather would prevent them from yeah. riding. But our, our neighbors are just as bad. The neighbors behind us are always, they have really loud trucks. Oh, and it, it's one of those things that there are days. I remember there was like a Saturday one time where our neighbors behind us were all being really loud and like revving trucks or whatever. And then one of our neighbors across the street has a bike and he was sitting out there like revving it up for some reason. And I'm like, Mm. and I sound like an old man saying this, but it was one of those things that was like, this neighborhood used to be kind of quiet. You know, it's like, what in the (laughs) world? You value quiet. Like we value quiet, especially like it's just rude. We've just lived in so many different apartments, mm-hmm. um, and it's like at this point we're just because the housing market where we live is terrible. Same. We really just we want to buy a house, preferably, but I mean, obviously, we'd like to rent one just so that uh, we could do that, but and have our own place. But yeah, all right. So I'm it's still a work in progress. Me soundproofing the room. Um, once I get more monies, that will get better. But yeah. I've already blackout. looked and researched into ideas. Yeah, blackout curtains will help with that, and. Some sound paneling helps them too. Um, I, th- that kind of noise, especially with like a window, you you'd probably have to find something to like stick in the window while you were yeah. recording. You know, like ha- build uh, something out that you can stick in the window and then take out when you're not put it away in a closet yeah. or something. I, uh, there's some foam stuff that you can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Dude, eventually, that's, that's I want to. Eventually, I want to do some stuff like that. But for the most part, right now, I, it's not a big deal. Um, I always try to think about it like this. It's like the audio. Our audio is good. Obviously, it could be better, but it's at a place where a normal person who happens to listen to us isn't going to really be able to tell uh, the minor details of things that aren't quite right. Um, right. So we're in a really good place with that, and I would like it to be better, but obviously, you know, until donations come in or people who have more sound experience than I do come in or um, <clears throat> and can actually help us with this, it's what we talk about all the time with value for value. It's like... If you wanted to get better and you like the show, it's going to require the people who listen to the show to help make the show get better. Um, yep. Because I don't want to show pillows to anyone, <laughs> exactly. or waffle irons, or whatever. It, I'm it, just, you know, I'm just confused why this, why these kids are out here when it's 47 degrees. I just looked at the temperature; it's 47 <laughs> degrees. However, the wind is blowing at 30 miles an hour right now. Jeez. And gusts are up to over 40 miles an hour. And there's no nothing to block the wind. So you're getting the full force of it. Yeah. And you're riding around. 
man, that takes some. <laughs> All but right. Hey, well, man, kids are going to be kids. So they got to do their thing. We gotta get but speaking <laughs> of, uh, no, I don't want to compliment him. Um, hair geez, here in the background. It's bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> tell oh, us, tell okay. me about Hair Fauci. What's he okay, been up to? So, uh, the Pope himself. Yeah, what's, uh, what's been revealed to the public? The, well, we revealed it in episode 26, if you want to go back and listen to that. But we're also mentioning, because it just kind of got popular today out there on the social medias, yeah. that uh, a Fauci-led agency tortured beagles um, and uh, and also monkeys as well. Mm. Um, they did horrific stuff to them. I mean, let me oh, pull it up yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, what was it they like? Um, so they were, from what I've heard, this is the this is the one that's kind of going around that's really mm-hmm. making everyone angry is that they were taking dogs, specifically beagles, um, and they were sedating them and putting their heads inside of boxes, like yep. plastic with type boxes with these, speci- yeah, some kind of fly, sand fly or something like that, and allowing the flies to eat the heads of the beagles alive. Yep. And not only that, but before they did that, they cut out their vocal cords so that oh they couldn't God. hear them barking. The incessant barking, I should say. So horrific stuff. So, I mean, yeah. It, and and if, if, this was a, if this was a 15-year-old kid doing stuff like that, people would put him in a mental institution. And a fifteen-year-old kid, or any any other adult doing a, true, this. yeah, yeah, just any. But it's like that's like else. that's one of those. But because signs, it's Fauci like, and it's in, in the name of the religion, um, you know, it's okay. But it's highly unethical. Right. He should be in jail. Right. Well, it's 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 unethical. It's one of those things that uh, you know. It's it's funny um, when whenever I would. Uh, uh, teach a Bible study or anything like that there you'd always have someone come in and kind of ask about uh, sort of uh, like not recycling but sort of the way that Christians should approach uh, treating the earth just kind of you know and my right. answer my answer to them and this is the answer I always give because I think it's it's the one it's like we're, we're we're caretakers so it's like what do care caretakers do right um, it's uh, they look after it and they try to do their best uh, to maintain it, right? And you can't do everything, right? Like you and I can't do everything, but there are things that we can do. And part of that is like, you know, probably shouldn't torture animals, you know? And we definitely shouldn't uh, want our taxpayer dollars to go towards uh, this kind of treatment. Uh, it's it's pretty dis- it's pretty disgusting. Uh, yeah, it absolutely is disgusting. And I want to say there is a bible verse that talks about uh, yeah i'm, I'm uh, treating your animals well i'm i'm sure there is um but did you have anything else you wanted to add specifically to the no it's horrific and disgusting go check it out for yourself i mean yeah we've got, uh, we got i don't know there. why he <clears throat> well, is in, in the position he's in you know i mean obviously i know why but you, it doesn't make any sense any longer for him to be in that position did you have the so, uh, NIH Proverbs, thing? Is that... Proverbs 12, 10, by the way, says, whoever is righteous. I had to wait for that to pass. I'm sorry. Whoever is righteous has regard for the life of his beast, but the mercy of the wicked is cruel. Um, so there's that. And there's another place as well that talks about basically not 
to the extent of I can't remember exactly. This is the Joseph version, uh, not being evil to your animals. You know, not being harsh with them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, treating you can, them well. The, I, even without that, you can look in Genesis at the creation and the way that mm-hmm. the design was originally supposed to be. And Adam and Eve were the caretakers of the garden, which included animals. And right. so, it's it's you have to kind of have these discussions because yes, I think hunting is okay. Uh, no, I don't think it should be done cruelly. I mean, there's, there's certain things that you just have to, there's nuance, right? It's like we talk about with everything. There's always nuance in a majority of situations, except when you're torturing beagles. Yep. Um, there's a, uh, yeah, there's a certain place in Dante's Inferno, um, for people who torture beagles as far as I'm concerned. So unrepentantly maybe, but still, yeah. Yeah. Any animal. Um, yeah, it's just, it's disgusting, man. And the, and the fact that it's like, this stuff is obviously hidden from the public. Uh, the report came out at, about it uh, two months ago, and it took this long for it to pick up steam. For yep. some reason, it took this long. Exactly. And I'm sure and there was something, if we looked back uh, back then, uh, there was probably some other big story that was going on, which is why this got buried for as long as it did, and now things slowed down after... Um, the Baldwin incident, which we'll be talking about at the end of the show. Uh, oh, 100%. And so now it's like the news cycle has now picked up this and they're running with it because uh, either it's a slow, the cycle has been slowed down or because they're ready to get Fauci out of there. Yeah. He's become enough of a problem for um, the people Those that he was charge. working for. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. That, that's hey, just man, my Richard theory. Collins, Richard Collins, you know, uh, uh, you know, claims to be a Christian. He resigned over the gain of function stuff and, yeah. and everything. So is that the night? Did you, know, you have a story about that? Are we talking about that? Did you put something? No, in I, I didn't put that in here. Um, um, uh, we should probably mention it. Cause I mean, it's still kind of, I mean, it's, these are a lot of this. Stuff oh yeah. Is, yeah. The gain of function. Yeah, yes. I yeah, did put that in here. Uh, yeah, so, that's what I thought. So, uh, basically, you know, it's oh, yeah, kind of it. well, everyone says, well, you know, trust the experts. And what they really mean is, trust our F experts, right? The ones that we fully believe in. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, the ones that'll go along with our narrative. Yeah. And so in July of this year, the Lord emperor himself, Dr. Fauci, <laughs> uh, said there's no way the coronavirus was made with U S research funds. And this is, was according, I think, was it LA Times that originally reported this? Whoever. Yeah. I linked yeah. MSNBC, but I think it was the LA Times that originally posted the document. It was. Um, this is also off and, of MSN, and you, it, yeah. the original one is LA Times, LA right? Times, correct. And so basically, they give a defense on why US funds was not uh, given to uh, gain a function in Wuhan. Um, but. Obviously, then we knew that wasn't true. Uh, I'd say you and I did, and some others. Yeah. Um, anyone I mean, it who's was, not at the very, paying attention to the mainstream media. Yeah, at the very uh, least, it was suspicious. Exactly, suspicious, and uh, like, <laughs> as well, like people, this this reinforces the point being made. Get out of the mainstream media because they don't exist to uh, serve you anything. And I'm including, even though you may not want, you may not say Fox News is mainstream. I'm including oh, Fox News in that. I'm yeah, it's run by Democrats. ABC, yeah, <laughs> CBS, NBC. Yeah, I'll even include CNN in there. Um, 
just any of the the mainstream media right yeah and so they don't exist to, to care for you to support you to, to give you information because they truly care about you it's just about themselves and money mm-hmm. and power mm-hmm. so there comes a need for independent journalists you know no matter what side of the aisle they fall on left middle right whatever they classify themselves as but people who are good at their jobs and who report on things and so in the vanity fair on october 22nd and today is the 25th so over the weekend or maybe on friday it was reported that the NIH now admits funding risky virus research in Wuhan. And I love it how they say that instead of just saying admits the funding gain of function in Wuhan. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I believe if my memory serves me correct, Obama, uh, 2000 and what, 13, I want to say it could have been 2011. Um, somewhere in between there, I think. But Obama, in, in, his, in his term in office, banned gain-of-function research. So there, <laughs> there had to be a way. He had the Fauci and the, the NIH had to go around that ban somehow. Oh, yeah, of I course. I want to say, I, I can't confirm this. I don't remember. I'm like, you know, 20% certain on this next part I'm about to say, which is that I want to say Trump somehow green-lighted this but mm. i could be wrong on that now, i probably shouldn't say that before i know 100 percent certain that's fine we can we can move so, on uh we can move on from it we don't have yeah. to like get into the no. in, into too much of that uh, your your thoughts but sound semi-familiar to me but i i can't remember either to be honest yeah. i can't remember but uh he may not have uh take that with take that last part with a grain yeah. of salt but the question that's been all of our on all of our minds is who can bring black lives matter people and the uh, MAGA people <laughs> together. You just said That's BLM and MAGA. Who... <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, I wanted to add people on the end of that. Just because MAGA people, they're Black people, Lives Matter yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> and the MAGA people, I don't know. That's just what I call them. And I'm talking about when I was, you know, BLM at a national level, right? Um, or, or this may actually be local though. I, I, um, so yeah. yeah, who can bring BLM and MAGA together? Right, the the far ends of the spectrum of people you wouldn't think would come and unite. Who, how can we unite them, David? I don't know. Who can be our hero? Who, well, why do don't you I, play? Uh, do you want to play? You know, well, I guess don't don't play the clip. Let me go ahead and do you want to play the clip and then me tell, or you want me to go ahead and? No, let me play the clip. I don't know why okay. this bar, um, is still showing up at the bottom of the screen. This is really annoying. <laughs> There's a couple things I definitely did not uh I like to say people with stuff like this when I'm talking about groups yeah. like this because it humanizes them and a lot of times when I, you say BLM or MAGA it dehumanizes people because well, of sure, the but labels and attachments but, but it yeah, but it's it like probably doesn't humanize them at all. It probably sounds more weird than that. A little, I mean, them. right? They the assumption that's the thing is like the assumption is is that they're people, right? Yeah, like you don't you don't say the the Brits people, right? <laughs> or the Irish yeah, no, or the Irish it's, people, because the assumption is already there that they are people, right? Right. Know? It's funny because before we get into this clip, I think you and I said this last year before we started the podcast is that. Uh, Black Lives Matter and MAGA have a lot in common, more so than they realize. Um, yeah, 
we, you okay, know, I, we, I say a we'll lot that there's similarities. Yeah, but. We'll, we'll talk about that because there's, eh, I, yeah, hang on, let's let's play this first. <laughs> Go ahead. Do they just keep saying, let him play? <laughs> yeah, let him play. And then they go okay. into some other stuff. That's pretty much <laughs> the gist of it. You see some BLM flags. You see the American flag. You see the don't tread on me flag. You flag. Um, you see another flag in there. I don't know what that is. Yellow, uh, blue, and red. I don't like, know who that represents. Oh, that's a, that's, that is a Columbia? Columbia? Co like yeah. the, con the country. The country, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so... A diverse group of people all coming to the Barclays Center. Yeah, there's a man with a yarmulke on right there. And Oh, yeah. And coming out in support of Kyrie and protesting their decision to not let him practice nor play until he gets the holy poke. And, uh, you know, no one in the mainstream media, I think, is reporting on this, even though it's a huge protest. Yeah. Uh, well, which, is, which isn't surprising, yeah. you know, so. <laughs> We're doing better, like, again, like I said before, these two dumb 30-year-olds sitting at their computers are getting more information out there than the mainstream media is on a regular basis. Yep. And they have millions and millions in funding, a lot of it from pharmaceutical companies, but still. Uh, and they have all the time of the day to be able to get the, all of these stories out there, right? And you know how, is that not the most interesting thing about a lot of this, Joseph, where you and I poke around on the internet for a couple hours a week to put the show together? And obviously I'm being sort of like, like reductive on purpose, like trying to, mm -hmm. you know, make us sound like dummies. Cause it's like, we we're able to read some stuff look into some information about some stuff and then have our own personal experience to bring to the table. Uh, and we're able to have a more diverse set of stories and things going on than the people who spend all day, every day talking about this stuff. Right. right. Because they're, they're so hyper-focused on certain subjects. Um, and I haven't watched mainstream media in a while, but it seems like they're all just, it's, it's like they're all exactly in line with the same thing, right? Right. Um, and they're never really hitting home, like, the core of what um, people in the country are really, like, hungry for, which is truth yeah. for one thing. Um, but just information, like, wanting honest information about what's going on so that they can make good decisions for their lives. Right. It's uh, like the whole Joe Rogan thing oh, that yeah. went down with Ivermectin. Yeah. And it just destroys CNN's own incredible. Uh, credibility yeah. you know and it <laughs> makes a lot that's why their ratings are so low mm -hmm. and why nobody wants to watch them because no one trusts them because it's only they're in an echo chamber right they're in a yeah, bubble exactly and so did you see the most recent thing with all that where no, what was he, the most recent he thing said, he called uh don lemon a don dumb lemon? a dumb mf'er yes <laughs> i'm not surprised uh, uh, okay so yeah. allegedly so the guy who was the lawyer for the uh, kid who um, CNN like 
raked across the coals, I think, last year because of the man with the oh, drum. I yeah, can't remember. Native if... American with the drum. And <clears throat> then also uh, Beth Moore also called the 16-year-old kid out on social media. Did she? Uh, I'm not surprised. Yes. <laughs> uh, she probably thought she was probably typing that out while God was combing her hair or whatever her uh, <laughs> her thing was. <laughs> I love that we have inside Ooh. jokes. <laughs> oh, dude. It's probably like, God about like that. That yes, Beth. Yes, Beth. That's the tweet that you should uh, you should put out. <laughs> oh, man, dude. She probably has some dude like living in her house who... Uh... <laughs> Just taking this off the rails. Isn't that the one where she came up to that guy and told him <laughs> that God is telling me to call me? <laughs> yes. But in reality, what really happened is that there's a man living in her house that's convinced her that he's God, and he's just um, picking opportune times to try to speak to her. <laughs> oh man, that would so make such anyway. a good movie. I've got to write that down. That would that's that's such a good idea for a movie. We got to clip uh, that the uh, call there. <laughs> oh, oh okay. All right, um, back on track here. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. I forgot. Oh, the the Joe Rogan stuff with uh, yes, CNN. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty bad. I I hope. I mean, I think he should sue him. I I think it's gotten to a place where I know he doesn't like like Joe's at a place in his life where he wants to kind of like live his life. Oh, Tim Pool had this lawyer on right. Yes, and he was saying because of Don Lemon. This is where we we were going with this. I'm back on track. Uh, he was saying that Don Lemon is getting sued right now for sexually harassing a waiter. That's I assume right. waiter because uh, Lemon is homosexual. Mm-hmm. He's a gay man. Um, and so he's in the middle of like a law a lawsuit surrounding that, and they're going to court or whatever the, the, the next step is for them in January. So, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, he's like, you're not hearing about that anywhere. Yeah. That got super covered up uh, just like um, so the we'll whole see. uh cuomo that stuff was both of them was pretty blown over fast like let's get this out of the way as quick as we can uh it just shows goes to show as long as as long as you're in the end party you know you'll be fine so yes exactly okay um all right <clears throat> so oh i guess the only other thing i wanted to add is that uh whether it's BLM or MAGA, I would be careful in all things. And I think I think you you and I have discussed this on uh, other topics in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, becoming um, bedfellows with people who generally hate you on everything except one issue. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Great. I'm I'm glad that that a group of people are able to come together. This is currently one of the most important things going on in the country as far as uh, medical tyranny is concerned. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know some people think that isn't real or a joke, but I mean, I don't know what else you call creating second-class citizens uh, over pharmaceutical drugs. Whatever, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, you're right. I think think that's that's an important point. Yeah. That's all I've, that's all I've got to add to it really. Yep. Oh man, what's going on with New Zealand? Speaking of second class, yes. So I guess are there an important question for the Prime Minister of New Zealand to answer is: Due to 
their laws and policies regarding the vac the uh, holy poke and those who don't have the holy poke uh from the holy river um <laughs> Uh, are are there now? Are you creating two classes of people, Prime Minister? So you basically see it, this is going to be like well, it's almost like uh, you probably don't see it like this. The two different classes of people: if you're vaccinated or if you're unvaccinated, you have all these rights. If you are vaccinated, that is what it is. So yep, yep. Can you describe as you were previously hoping not to be able to, not to have to do that? I guess when we still mm. like we could maintain elimination across the whole country. I guess that has now changed because I think it was less less because necessarily of the elimination determining that, and more because we, of course. Uh, maintained and actually we have managed very high vaccination rates generally without the use of certificates but actually what it's become clear to me is that they're not just a tool to drive up vaccines they're a tool for confidence people who have been vaccinated will want to know that they're around other vaccinated people uh, they want to know that they're in a safe environment it is a way that we can give confidence to those who are going back into hospitality or events uh, and so that is something that I think we should offer to people who have been vaccinated, that confidence that we're doing everything we can to keep them safe and that they can come back out and start enjoying those things safely. She just came straight out and said, that is what it is. Yep. <laughs> like just came out and admitted the truth that we are creating two classes of people. Segregation 2021. I think you're muted. It was a good thing because I said uh, a word that we're not supposed to say. Um, how many people in, at like a percentage of people in New Zealand have gotten the poke? Do you know? Oh, it's pretty high, see. isn't it? It's really high. Uh, I, the only reason I ask is because if they're still having, if they're having breakthrough cases, right, which I'm assuming they are, um, then everything she's saying doesn't make any sense. Well, New Zealand, Australia has been... Uh, you know, one of the most restrictive, if not the most restrict restrictive when it comes to COVID policies, uh, right. or when it comes to chocolate cake policies oh, whatever and you can say. they, uh, you know, such as if there's one case of chocolate cake outbreak, they, um, you know, will lock down for 10 years. I mean, I think like one city, Melbourne, this past a weekend just opened up after 255 days of being locked down. Gee. Yeah. That's 255 days. Yeah. Australia, what? I Listen, you get you get the government that you you know, you, you vote for. for. Yeah. You know, and I, I understand not so, everybody votes for the people that are they're getting in there and that sucks, but uh, that is, that's okay, crazy. So you ready for these numbers? Yeah. This is 12 and over 69% are fully holy poked. Okay. 86% have had their first holy poked. Those are lower than I 86% thought. 86% are booked in or holy poked with at least one dose. So I guess that's saying like they're out of the rest who aren't fully poked. Um, uh, she said 69 from the, water, from the holy, uh, yeah, 69, 69 fully, 69 fully. That's lower and than I thought. <laughs> out of that, the, the remaining who aren't fully, who have had their first poke, um, 
are planning on getting their second one. Right. So maybe, that's going maybe, to increase significantly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that just depends. Right. Cause I, we, I think we talked about this a while back, but there's a lot of people who got, um, you that's from the ministry of health and Manutu. Okay. Yeah. That makes New was, Zealand. Yeah. They, those numbers are probably at least semi-accurate. Um, yeah. Though, as we know, uh, uh, with a lot of the stuff that was happening last year and a lot of the money that was flowing around, um, numbers are easily manipulated based on um, being able to word things Ooh. a specific way. Okay, so 87% have the first dose. This is as of the 24th. Mm-hmm. And 71% has the second dose mm-hmm. of the eligible population. So that's, that's, that's a pretty big... Yeah, that's so, a huge number. Yeah, that's a big number, and but that's also a really big gap between the first and the second. Mm-hmm. And I, I again, you're not going to probably be able to find this, but it's interesting that um, sixteen percent gap yeah, between the first and the second. That there's there's this seemingly group of people that maybe I mean you could say maybe they just haven't gone to get it yet, but mm-hmm. without knowing like okay, well when did they get the first one and how long has it been since then. Like, are we talking from the beginning of when you were able to start um, giving people uh, the poke? Right. Or is it, you know, is it within the last couple of months? Which is always the problem with a lot of this data is that time frames matter. Yep. <laughs> and people don't seem to understand that. It's, it's kind of interesting. for people to, uh, you know, people keep your head on a swivel, pay attention, mm-hmm. vote properly. Um, all right. Let's move on from that. Uh, yeah, we gotta get to the whole uh, prop gun. Yes. So I, I we can talk about this quick. It's just kind of an interesting thing that popped up on mm-hmm. my timeline. Um, there are a number of ranchers in I think Des Moines, but I wouldn't be surprised if there were some other places that are considering this as well. But this article is specifically about that. Uh, that are oop oop oop. There we go. Uh, that are un- they're unhappy with prices and ranchers are looking to build their own meat plants. So it says, like other ranchers across the country, Rusty Kemp uh, for years grumbled about rock bottom prices paid for cattle he raised in central Nebraska, even as the cost of beef at grocery stores kept climbing. And he and his neighbor uh, blamed it on consolidation in the beef industry stretching back to the 1970s that resulted in four companies uh, slaughtering over 80% of the nation's cattle, giving the processors more power to set prices while ranchers struggled uh, to make a living. Federal data show that for every dollar spent on food, uh, the share that went to the ranchers and farmers dropped from 35 cents in 1970 to 14 cents recently. Jeez. Um, so... You can um, the the again. These are all, all these articles are all in our show notes generally, um, and this one is. And uh, the general, the, it seems like what's happening is that a lot of these ranchers are just like sick and tired of sort of this centralized um, process. Yep. Which is funny that this is kind of the biggest without a lot of people just pointing it out all the time. Uh, we've kind of mentioned it, uh, but. This idea that there's all of these like centralized organizations, whether we're talking specifically the state or even in quote unquote the private sector, um, Mm -hmm. because that's way more of a gray area than people uh, want to admit a lot of the time. Right. Um, But it's cool to see that it's like, okay, so we're having all of these supply chain issues. Uh, A big part of that is because we don't have 
a decentralized um, system for, let's just say, with the meat, right? So we, we have cattle, people like their beef, um, but because everything is being done in very specific locations, right? Mm -hmm. And like they were saying, it was like, what, 80% of the meat or something? Yeah, 80% yeah. of the nation's cattle. Um, so to, to take that and decentralize it, so you have you know people in Des Moines, Iowa, um, what are some other areas... That, it uh, was, that do that so it was iowa nebraska idaho uh, that makes sense so big farmland areas yeah so even with uh, those, you know, you those three the, right what's that so you take those three states um i know there's some other there's plenty of other states that raise cattle mm -hmm. do this and you were able the Dakotas. to yeah it, even if like you took three major ranches in every state right right and every state was able to get locally sourced cl close enough uh like cattle and so the uh, these places within the state are sending this stuff to the grocery stores um if one of those goes down you still have others within the state right if all of them right. in the state go down you have states surrounding you right i mean obviously hawaii doesn't hawaii and alaska are outliers to some degree but the 48 continental states you're able to actually get meat from all these different places rather than being so centralized that the second supply chain issues come into play and, you know, they're like, oh, our one of our factories goes down and that's, say that's like 30% of the output, prices start skyrocketing. Um, and it's great too because now these, uh, now these people can actually go out and do their... Um, uh, now these people can actually uh, kind of set their prices and the market becomes more competitive rather than it being one of those things that these ranchers are stuck basically at the whim of the specific processing plants, right? So if they're creating their own processing plants, they get to set prices and they get right. to, to maintain that. And this is the thing that's, that's so funny is it's like stories like this, this is like a big thing in everything, right? I mean, I, mm -hmm. I think we've talked about it on the show in the past, but one of the things I've been harping on with people recently is that Hollywood needs to be decentralized. That yep. you need to have, oh, absolutely. you know, and that's just one other industry, right? But you think about all these like insane issues, right? That have been happening there with like the Me Too movement and um, people uh, not being able to get work or uh, working for certain production companies that are treating people like garbage, right? If you're able to decentralize and the market becomes open and you have uh, a like a production company on the East Coast and the West Coast, right? And right. the West Coast company is treating everyone like garbage, and the East Coast company is an incredible group of people to work for. They're fair with their employees, even if they work them hard, um, or the people that come and work for them, because it's it, it, all of that stuff is so um, unionized, uh, yep. which would have to be something else that would need to change. Um, but if you were having these production production companies and people were like, y'all want to work for these people because they treat you well, it's good work, um, the pay is fair, whatever the case may be, then those are the places that are going to thrive right. um, because people care about that stuff. Even even people in the public care about that stuff, right? So like, like we're going to get into this story about like Baldwin, but like working conditions are important to people. <laughs> 100%. So um, uh, you pretty much covered it there. I don't have anything to add to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, if you want, we can just go ahead and get in the bottle do you want to save Baldwin. this other one for another? Yeah, we can save okay. this other one for next week. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, right. you know what? We can get into it real fast. We can just let's get into it. We got it. a little bit of time. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it.
this you i'll just briefly yeah. talk about it. it's not anything huge but this is uh, a clip from a uh, former president do you, obama why don't you set up what he's talking about so, first He's commenting, uh, he's campaigning for the uh, Democratic governor of Virginia, the guy running for uh, Virginia who's a Democrat, uh, who you know doesn't think that parents should have any say-so within you know school administration, what kids are taught, stuff like that. And Obama, you know, basically kind of what happened is if you've listened to our previous episodes we've talked about and i believe specifically on the on the last one on last tuesday yeah uh we talked about the guy who i mean for three months we just saw this guy who uh was like yelling at a school official and uh, ended up getting arrested at a uh, school board meeting and stuff like that and if you just see it you know without any context applied to it, you go, okay, that makes sense. He's being, you know, he's yelling and stuff like that. But then when you add the context that, you know, two girls were assaulted on school property and one of the girls being his daughter, uh, where school officials publicly lied about their knowledge of it to parents, you know, it kind of adds more context to the situation. You can understand why he got hit when it, while he got mad. Exactly. If you want to hear the whole breakdown on that, you can go listen to, uh, are not the previous one because that's the entertainment one, but the episode before last, which would be last week's episode Tuesday 38. Episode. Yeah. Yeah. On Tuesday. Uh, so basically, you know, in comes Obama to talk about this cultural issue to where that's where Merrick Garland from this guy in here in Virginia at the school that was arrested where he came forward uh, with his proposal, basically la- labeling parents at the school board meetings, domestic terrorists. Yes. I was looking up the name of uh, last Tuesday's episode. Uh, here, uh, while I'm doing that, I will uh, I'll play this clip. <laughs> yep. We don't have time to be wasting on these phony, trumped-up culture wars. This fake outrage that, that right-wing media peddles to juice their ratings. And the fact that he's willing to go along with it instead of talking about serious problems that actually affect serious people, that's a shame. That's not what this election's about. That's not what you need, Virginia. Instead of forcing our communities to cut back at a time when we're just starting to recover, we should be doing more to support people who are educating our kids and keeping our neighborhoods safe. We don't have... <laughs> Wait, who's he? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he yeah. talks about, you know, oh, the guy God. who ran... The guy who ran on cultural issues suddenly pretends that cultural issues don't matter. Like yeah. Obama ran on a bunch of cultural issues. And not only that, this is a cultural issue that came from the Democrats, not from the Republicans, by labeling these parents who are rightfully angry over, you know, uh, Loudoun County schools publicly lying about the knowledge of the assaults to the parents mm-hmm. and, and, and protecting the, the teenager who assaulted these two girls. Yep. So they uh, listen, I, I we, we talked about it last week and but I, and I don't want to keep harping on it. Um, but I've, I've, uh, I've been listening to Eric July talk about this a little bit and he's mm-hmm. he's kind of been harping out, too. And, you know, the biggest uh, sort of uh, what would you call it? like criticism that people will come back at, like people like you or me or Eric would be that we don't have kids, right? So you can't understand because you don't have kids, right? And I love what Eric says about this because it, it really is the best statement. It's like, 
Yeah, but it wouldn't change even if I like my opinion on it wouldn't change even if I did have kids. Mm -hmm. It's not as if all of a sudden I have I would have kids and be like, well, now I absolutely love these things and I'm totally cool with them indoctrinating my children and, uh, you know, that and and it's it's interesting. And I think one of the things that I like about Eric the most uh, is that he's willing to say the hard things mm -hmm. and really dig down to the sort of like rotten root of what's going on and right. he'll he'll come out and tell people be like you don't care about your kids as much as you think you do he's like if you did you wouldn't put them in these situations and he's like obviously that's not the case for for everyone right i mean mm -hmm. generalizations are there to kind of like hit home at a broad group of people and have right. everyone kind of go huh well am i like that Right. But if you're if you're putting your children into a school. And we can take away like the education aspect of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Where. Violence. Um, things like uh, sexual assault. Um, I mean, the like rampant potential drug use, depending on where you are. Right. Like no school is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. um, but it still happens in like the rich kids schools too. A lot of this stuff does. Uh, it's just not uh, reported on nearly as much. Um, and then you want to add on top of that, all of the potential garbage that uh, the public education system is teaching your children. Um, and a lot of the stuff that they're not right. Like things that like you and I could probably sit here and go through like a list of things that we learned after we got out of school. And I went to private yes. school. Like, I, I mean, I went to public school one one year, but it's one of those things that it's like the education system, right? The thing that is set up that the state requires not only of public schools, but in a lot of ways, private schools as well. Um, and even to some degree, homeschools, um, though there's mm -hmm. significant more, there's significantly more freedom in the homeschool system than there is any any of these other programs. Right. Right. You know, th they didn't teach you how to budget generally. They don't teach nope. you the importance of saving. They don't teach you real economics for the most part. Um, th yep. You know, it's like you, what it, it'll be like um, uh, supply and demand. And that's like it. <laughs> yep. They don't teach you the best route to go career wise as uh -huh. far as should you go to college? Uh -huh. Should you not? Not co that college isn't for everyone. And that's OK that there are more uh, valuable and viable options. Uh, and so, you know. I think, too, you look at Christians who, as well, kind of like what we've been talking about uh, is this merger that, uh, you know, happened at some point to where Christians started to, you know, rely on the state to educate their children. And it's, you know, even in the beginning, you know, if you wanted to say, you know, well, they're teaching them Christian stuff, right? It, it doesn't matter. It's coming from the state. That's not the the state's responsibility. Right. Is you know, it's the parent's responsibility to teach your child and make sure you know, and yeah. and a community responsibility too, but primarily the parents to to teach your child and to homeschool them to to grow them up in, in any way that you can, right? And we're generalizing here. Every situation is different. Um, some people aren't able to do that, so I think right. it is a good option to have, you know, whether you, a school to be able to send your child. And I think that's the importance of school choice, you know, to be able to have your money 
go to this particular school, then also to have your child go to this particular school that at least that, you know, it gives you those options. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you can't homeschool them yourself. Yeah. And the, the question is, is like, what are you willing to sacrifice and does what you do and do not sacrifice point to where your heart really is or what the things that you yes. really care about? Um, yep. I, it, it's, it, it's tough. Right. And I think, um, generally and and again some of this and sort of sort of my my uh attitude about a lot of this stuff has changed because of 2020 mm -hmm. and i felt it i think before 2020 a bit of this apathy setting in and this sort of daily grind and going through the motion and this is good enough and i think a lot of people have been there right so mm -hmm. it's not one of those things that it's like you you have you have to kind of decide, right? It's like you can continue down that route. You can continue down the route of this kind of idea of what the world is really like. Um, and it's really funny because I, I was listening to Nerdrotic before we started, and he's like, people still like, and this is obviously more of a, a cinema thing, or especially with like Marvel. He's like, yeah, they still haven't realized how garbage a lot of this stuff is. He's like, they're still yeah. living in this world where um, Marvel is at the top of their game and they're making all of these incredible things, right? And it's it's so funny the similarities between that and a lot of stuff that's actually happening in the real world, where a lot of people still think that they that the system is just going to completely work for them and that their kids are going to be fine and they're going to be able to go about this stuff. It's like, yeah. But a lot of the people, and including this like governor, it's like they they hate the parents yes they they wrote a letter they wrote a letter to the president of the united states calling them domestic terrorists like what else how much more school board union or yeah. whoever organization came out and apologized to the parents yeah because you started to lose your money exactly and you you and this is man and this is why people i understand listen i understand that it's not easy when it comes to those things and that when you decide to do something like private private school or homeschool that money can get tighter but then you have you you have to ask yourself it's like is that money and what you were going to spend it on as or more important than your child's education mm -hmm. right like you're supposed to be training them up right and especially when it comes to like uh like christian households like that's yes. the thing it's like i I, I don't I, I don't really want to let any of it slide, but it's always so funny that it's like and, and there's always those arguments of like, oh, well, you know, they can have a mission field at the school. It's like, but you got to consider how much time they're spending away from you and what's being taught there. Right. Like that is as important as a potential mission field. And by yeah. the way, there's plenty of ways that you can still be involved in in the public without having to send your kids to public school there's plenty like we don't live in a world where you're on a ranch and there's like 10 other people around you if that right right you can educate your children throughout the week and you can send them out into the public to do other things right you can put cool. them into karate or some some yeah. class where they're around people that aren't like them and that's fine because you have a certain amount of control over that while they're potentially learning um a skill Yep. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's ways to do it. All right. Uh, absolutely. Keep and <laughs> I think, you know, just to add yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we move on is that I think people come, Christians come from the standpoint of, well, God's sovereign and he's sovereign over state schools and stuff like that. And, and like, absolutely hundred percent agree with you there, but that doesn't mean that you have to send your, your children to state school and nor does it mean that it, that's the best option as well. Yeah. God is so sovereign over everything and anything that doesn't necessarily mean that that is the 
best way. Yeah, because it's so. like if you could take it to an extreme, but it's like you and I used used to talk about all the time. It's like you can you can go well, God is sovereign, and walk out into traffic, mm-hmm. but you're probably going to get hit and you're probably going to die. Yep, and, and that's the thing is that people are understand well why are people leaving the church in rapid rates? I'm like, well. I mean, uh, there's many factors. As you said earlier, we're just two dumb 30-year-olds. But in thinking about this and and, and speculating, you got to think they spent all their life in state school. And then not only that, but they're around kids their own age, other foolish kids, right? Like we were all fools. I was a a fool too. And they're not around anyone who's mature and older and has Mm -hmm. that wisdom. Mm -hmm to be able to come alongside them and, and, and mature them. Right. Yeah. And so that's why you have, you know, so many women and men, so many kids leaving once they graduate and get out of their parents' household. Yeah. One of the reasons why Yeah, they're also, they've got their noses in TikTok and they're watching Twitch all day. And yep. those platforms are full of people who hate you and are trying Think to get their kids to. That's a great point. Yeah. Think about it. Think about it like this. They're in school, indoctrinated for 18 years by the state. Uh-huh. And then on top of that, their entertainment forms, social media, movies, music, all of their entertainment forms. Uh, Especially now. More yes, so now yeah. than ever before. Preach some form of don't listen to your parents, be disobedient to them, You know, don't listen to them, don't follow them, don't listen to this. Everything is preaching a message. Mm -hmm. And the message that those things are preaching them steer away from the biblical foundations these parents believe in. That's why I think it's important to figure out a way to, you know— uh, well, I think it goes beyond teach that. your kids what you want them taught. Uh, yeah, I think it goes a little beyond that. Like, there, it's it's not even this message of like, don't listen to your parents. It's, um, it's like we we've been talking about with like interse- intersectionality and uh, CRT yep. and a lot of that stuff. Like, it's moved way beyond oh, sort yeah. of like even what it was when we were we were younger. Um, though all through a probably not the most positive means, I think that there there's something to this kind of like skepticism of just like listening to anyone blindly. Um, right, absolutely. Which is funny. Yeah, we're like, just generalizing. It, here, right, right, right. But, it's really yeah. funny in that note because so many people I know that used to listen to like punk or they used to listen to to stuff that was pretty anti-establishment and these bands that were like that. Not only have those bands become like fully establishment, but a lot of those people that listen to that music did too. And I'm like, yep, huh? And it's really weird. I was, and I'll, we'll get into the next subject uh, as soon as I make this point. But I've, I've been listening to My Chemical Romance a little bit more recently, and there's this song on their second album called Teenagers, and there's a line in it that's uh, along the lines of like, uh, they'll give you books. Uh, hang on, actually, let me look this up because this is. It, I just found this so fascinating. Uh, teenage, yeah, teenagers. Now I get what you're saying though. You okay. know, it, it's more than just not listening to your parents. It's the entire agenda from absolutely uh, the cathedral. And, and that's, that's part- entirely anti-gospel. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just including in the cathedral here, uh, Democrats. It's, you know, Republicans as well. You know, don't mistake Republican or Democrat for Christian. Yes, and a lot absolutely. of people do that on both sides. So this is this is the this is the lyric. It says they're going to clean up your looks with all the lies in the books to make a citizen out of you. Because they sleep with a gun and keep an eye on you, son, so they can watch all the things that you do. Because the drugs never work, they're going to give you a smirk because they got methods of keeping you clean. 
They're going to rip up your heads, your aspirations to shreds, another cog in the murder machine. And I went, whoa. <laughs> like, I just like it. It. It's it's funny how when you start sort of seeing like the truth of like what the state is and the way mm-hmm. that they they like that is that like legitimately that's the public education system in a paragraph. It's this idea of this is what you need to know. We're sending you through 12 years of this school. You need to go to college or you're going to be a failure in life. Right. And then I, I love the line. Another cog in the murder machine just kind of like hit hard, especially all the stuff we've been talking about with like drone strikes and these never ending wars and the regime change stuff that's been going on. I was just like, dang, man. And that that album came out in like 2006. I know, dude. And I was just like crazy. And it's funny how stuff doesn't always hit you. I mean, it's been how <laughs> many years? So I just, I've, I've, I kind of found that fascinating, and it, and it, and it's so weird that it's like stuff like that was out there, right? I mean, even um, mm-hmm. there's that song, uh, "The Sound of the Police," and like mm-hmm. whoop whoop, and like the, the even stuff like that where these, there's these concepts that were out there. But no one was ever really talking about him. It was always like, oh, it's just music, right? Like nobody kind of took that seriously. Yeah. Um, but it just it reminds me of the whole school system thing. And I know we got to talk about Mr. Baldwin. Um, this episode's going to run a little bit long, I think. But um, bear with us. Yeah, we could talk about him briefly. Um, so ish. Man, I've had this conversation with like so many people over the last couple of days. Uh, it's been really interesting. Um, so if you don't know, like if you've basically been living under a rock for the last week. Um, Alec Baldwin, the actor, uh, was uh, has shot and killed a, a woman and injured another one on the set of a movie. Yep. And it's really weird. It's really suspicious. Um, it. I'm ch- currently because we don't know uh, what was actually going on for the most part. There's been like bits and pieces of stuff coming out. And Joseph, if I'm missing anything, you know, feel free to. Um, fill in um yep. so the running story right now is that uh he had a prop gun which just to be clear no for everyone thing. exactly there's no such a, a prop gun is a misnomer in the sense that they they call it a prop gun because it is a prop on the set but i i think nine times out of ten uh it is a real gun and the reason yes. i say that is because i i've watched a lot of movies like a lot 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 of movies and you can generally tell, based on the way someone is treating the firearm in a scene, whether it's real or not. Um, yep. Because I've seen some movies. I actually watched one this weekend where this guy was like throwing his weight around with his like AR, and I'm like, mm, that looks like a toy gun. Now that guy might have just been really strong, but the way he was moving with that thing, I was like, that probably weighs two pounds. It's probably plastic. Right. Like, uh, but this wasn't. Um, I've heard both a 44 Magnum and also a 45, uh, so I'm not 100% sure. Not that it 100 it really matters. Um, I heard a uh, revolver, of right. some sort. So it could have been so. it, it could have been either. Um, he was given the gun. He was told that it was cold, meaning that it had only the um, the cap or the there's another term for it, the blank uh, in mm-hmm. the uh, in the chamber and he was supposed to shoot it at the screen mm-hmm. or excuse me at the camera at the camera um would have been your screen if you were watching it and uh right. he hit the cinematographer and as far as i'm aware the bullet passed through the cinematographer killing her and hit the director yep um 
Go ahead. So, few things here. Yep. Well, first off, on this set, there had already been complaints of worker safety issues. Yep. Um, I believe those issues, some of them did center around um, accidents with the gun, with the guns on set, um, as well as other conditions. And from what I, I understand from listening to people within the industry, typically what happens is if you're doing a scene like that, the uh, cinematographer and the director, who, whoever needs to be in the scene, right? Kind of like right there at that kind of like that angle. Right. They're typically behind a bulletproof glass just in case. Right. right? Which makes sense. Um, um, safety issues. Yeah. Right? Well, and if, if people don't know, this is not exactly the same, but Brandon Lee, who was Bruce Lee's son, uh, he the last movie he was ever in was The Crow. Um, that's sort of how he died because he yeah. they shot a uh, prop gun at him with a blank. Uh, the blank misfired, and there was a piece of the bullet or the casing still lodged in the gun. And so when they fired it again, that piece shot out of the front of the gun and killed him. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's a that little bit sucks. different, obviously, because you can't have a piece of bulletproof glass in front of them. But, again, this is why you check. This is why you make yes. sure that th- this is why you have an armorer on set, a quote-unquote expert on set. Yep. Excuse so me, to deal with that two things here first off cold is a term that means there's no live ammunition in mm-hmm. in the gun secondly the armor you know checks the gun hands it to the assistant director the assistant director then also is supposed to check the gun and then hands it to the actor then the actor should everyone involved in the process should be checking the gun if you have any firearm basic training which i have had uh, from the time I was a kid up until being adult, right? Every single time, it's you're the one responsible. As soon as that hand is in your, as soon as that gun is in your hand, you're the one responsible for it. And so yep. you're checking to see if there's anything in the chamber. And even if there's nothing, it doesn't matter if there. And you know, a hundred percent, if there's nothing in the gun, you don't point it at someone and pull the trigger at all. You know, just basic things like that. You never point the barrel in the direction of someone that you don't intend on shooting. Um, and you know, you're checking live ammunition. So Alec Baldwin should have, you know, he should have checked it. I understand that the assistant director told him and the armor as well told the assistant director it was cold, but everyone in that process should have checked it. You know what I mean? And it's so strange kind of the circumstances surrounding it. I feel bad for Baldwin. You know, I'm sure it was just, you know, I don't know, all the facts yet because everything has been made available uh, it sounds like a terrible and horrific accident yeah you know so la times this was like today um and i put this in there because we've been kind of you and i uh technically okay so this came out yesterday yeah um let's see where was i was just reading this um they came back from lunch um and they were told to move the camera to a different angle. Mm-hmm. Um, as Baldwin was explaining how he was going to, uh, as Baldwin was explaining how he was going to ho- draw his gun and where his arm would be positioned, it discharged. Um, In order for it to be discharged, you would think he would have to squeeze he, it. He would right? have to f- pull the trigger. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it was said. I Unless it's some kind of modified gun that, for whatever reason, 
discharges automatically. So Hutchins anything being pushed or squeezed. I, I know. Um, Hutchins grabbed her midsection, gun. stumbled backward, and was assisted to the ground. Um, Man, that's uh, the person who was accounting this uh, recalled hearing a loud bang, seeing a. Uh, a bloody Souza, and I, th- I believe who was the director, and then Hutchins um, say she couldn't feel her legs. Um, crew members called 911. So it wasn't... So, okay, so a couple things. And this is why this is always important to like keep up with this stuff. Um, if, if they weren't in the middle of a scene and they weren't filming, then they wouldn't have been behind the glass to begin with. Mm. Yep. Why okay. the cinematographer was... St- okay, <laughs> and this... Okay. This is why this bot this this is why this stuff bothers me, right? And I want to put aside sort of the um because absolutely this is this is tragic for her family. Like it's it's not to take away from that. This is why knowledge and understanding of these things, and in this specific case, firearms, is so important, right? Mm-hmm. Because not only it because I and I put another link in there. I'm not I'm not gonna take the time to read over it, but I thought it was kind of interesting. There's a guy in there that was talking about um blanks as well and the fact that a blank can kill you yep. um and it sounds like she was close enough that even if this had been a blank it the blank could have at the very least damaged her um yeah, now I obviously believe, I, sorry go ahead a point blank it will kill you i think at s- around six to ten feet it will still it can it, it would either kill you or cause severe damage yeah you e- know? E- either way this yeah. this is net i mean this is negligence um yep. The armorer, again, should have, and, and and we don't know a hundred. I don't know if we know a hundred percent whether she, the the armorer had done this or not. Um, mm-hmm. Though she seemed to be negligent, as far as I could tell. Yeah. Um, should have talked with Baldwin, the director, the cinematographer, and anyone else who would have been direct. And I guess the second director or whoever, um, who would have been involved in the situation right i mean the first mm-hmm. thing that they teach you is proper um tr- uh, trigger discipline yep any any class that you go to the first thing they'll tell you is like unless you're planning on firing the gun you do not put your finger on the trigger right and yep. that should be the case whether it's a prop gun no matter what whether you think it's loaded or not that's proper protocol in any mm-hmm. situation when you're holding a firearm so we don't know how much of this information was given, right? Because um, Bald, if Baldwin was given this information, right, if he was aware of this information, there is very, I mean, I don't know what's going to end up happening with the investigation, but it's possible manslaughter. Yeah, accidental manslaughter. Right, right? it would be uh, involuntary, right? Is that the correct, yeah. is that the correct term involuntary. for it? I think there's involuntary, and I guess that's the same as accidental. Yeah, yeah, because you're I'm not, not lawyer, you're not, but- purposely trying to yeah, fire right. your weapon at someone um but kill them right uh, but but that's the thing right if it was it was obviously it was a real gun somehow live ammunition got on the set which is why, shocking. why do you have live ammunition on the so, set to begin with again i think this is where the negligence comes in because from from what i've heard from i mean there's just been a bunch of different sources have been talking about this stuff from in the industry or just firearms mm-hmm. experts um the firearms are supposed to be like color coded you're supposed to know exactly what the blanks are um i would imagine like if it was me especially in a situation like this i would be testing the blanks to make sure that they seem okay mm-hmm. um i'll be and again, triple checking everything and again i would 
be warning everyone on set, n- never stand in front of the firearm. I don't care. Yeah. It's like, I don't care if it, if, if it's a blank, if you, you know, trust the person that you're working with, right? Like, these are the kinds of things that it's like, you just don't do, right? Like, it's, it's bad enough when I go to like the range or whatever and someone isn't uh, practicing proper gun safety or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, and, and these people, a lot of these people who are carrying firearms with them and going to the range are supposed to know what they're doing. And they, they're still just like not completely there. Sometimes right. people like waving around guns or like, um, Oh, it's empty. And like you hear stories all the time from, uh, from, from people where someone will come into their store and they're like, Oh yeah, it's definitely empty. And then there's like a round in the chamber. <laughs> and so it's like negligence. It doesn't matter who you are. Negligence is still negligence. Yeah, um, exactly. And it, and you're right. It Horrible sucks. It sucks for him. everyone involved. Yeah. And it sucks for Alan, Alec, uh, Alec Baldwin, but it's like, man, this is why Such worse for Hutchinson. Her Absolutely. Family, yeah. And that's the craziest thing is it's like every, uh, everyone, I mean, Twitter, which again, isn't real life, but they were so just like, Oh, poor guy. Da, da, da. It's like, yeah, but what about the woman who died? Yeah. <laughs> like what? It, what? <laughs> it does. It, people, it, it's surprising how people automatically go to the, you would say perpetrator here, right? you know, um, just to generalize and they go go and they try to project or empathize with them prior to really thinking about the victim first and foremost, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's the, who is the worst for is her. And then also her family before anyone else. Yeah. You know, and then from there, the director that was shot. Yeah. And then from there, it would be Alec Baldwin, the armor and the assistant director. I mean, I think, you know, all of them have negligence in this uh, and, in some form, you know? Yeah. And this is the last thing I've got to say is like, and this was a conversation I was having with some people at lunch today, but I was like, Hollywood's in trouble, man. We're going to get into it in the episode on Thursday, but like, Eternals isn't looking good, dude. Like nope. some of the early reviews that have been coming out. I mean, we've, we're going to talk about the reactions and then some of the reviews that have been recently coming out. Um, <laughs> it does not. It doesn't sound good. And so not only that, uh, Baldwin's probably done. I think there have been reports that he is done acting that he, he I mean, it's like you don't come back from a situation like this. No, man. Um, I mean, and, I do feel terrible for him. Like, yeah, regardless of, you know, the things he said about uh, people he disagrees with and stuff like that. Like, I don't wish this on anyone, man. Nope. And you know, I don't view him as my enemy or anything like that. I just view view him as kind of a crummy person. Um, yeah, he is. And I mean, with and that's... a lot of hate in his heart, um, mm-hmm. and it's just an unfortunate accident that happened due to you know negligence. Yeah. Um. Other than that. I don't know. I mean, get get firearms training. If you're curious yep. or have questions, feel free to email us. Um, we'll do our best to answer them or at least point or answer your questions or point you in the right direction. Um, I, I, you know, there, there's that's, nothing else to really say about it. I think just yeah, at this point, everything that's a good has been place said. to end it. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much uh, for listening to episode 40 of The Underground. We'll be back on Thursday. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh eternals Eternals? uh uh, this kind of funny batman like story from like 20 years ago actually longer than that i think it's yeah longer uh, from 1992 yeah um they're uh finally making it well i say finally but the long rumored uncharted movie is actually real uh we're gonna talk a little bit about uh some more stuff going on with the the dave Chappelle stuff that i think is 
finally kind of simmered out of the news, but we want to I want to cover this one last time just because there's some interesting stuff there. And then we're going to talk about Dune. I think that's going to be a majority of the episode. So we'll try to run through some of these other topics as quick as we can to get to that because plenty to say. Uh, Looking forward to talking about that. So uh, tune in on Thursday for that. See you guys then. See you. Politics ruins everything.